What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show with me, Sean Sheehan, here on Sherdog.com. Uh, and today is going to be a bit of a judging chat. Uh, we haven't had one in a while now. Uh, I've done maybe, I think, two or three uh, episodes on judging here uh, on uh, on the Sheehan Show on Sherdog. Uh, and I've looked at 10 8s and I've looked at uh, some of the other things. I've looked at some specific fights as well in those past shows. But there's two things I want to look at here today. Um, and these obviously stem from the last few weeks. I've, I've left it a bit of, you know, maybe a week or, or, or 10 days or so uh, out from the specific fights just so we can kind of cool off a bit, just so we can look at it in the uh, in the light of day rather than with all the hype of the fights that I'm going to talk about behind them. And now the two fights um, I, I want to talk about, and I'm not necessarily going to talk about the fights, but I'm going to talk about the specifics and the rules as it pertains to the fights are... Rosanam Yunus versus Carla Esparza and the 10-10. I'll do that in the second half of this uh, show here today. And the other fight I want to talk about is Michael Venom Page versus Logan Storley and effective grappling more so than anything else. Uh, what to me that means, what I think it should mean, the overlap maybe between the last set of judging uh, criteria and the new set and why I think the judges maybe scored it the way they did it uh, and why I think it shouldn't have been scored that way. Now, as I said, we will get into the, the, the parts of the fight that we need to get into, but I want to talk about fights in general and overall ten, about the 10-10s ten in the second part, but in, in the uh, with the effective aggressiveness as well. Uh, sorry, the effective grappling as well in the first part of this. We're talking about, right, let's talk about Logan Sorley versus MVP here to start with. And, right, I want, I want to do something throughout this show, and I want to go to the criteria. I have it up here in front of me, and hopefully my guy, uh, John Branning, will be able to pull up uh, some of, of these as well uh, and put it on screen here as I talk about it. But if you want to pull it up in front of you, I'm looking at it here. It's three full pages and then two paragraphs, right? If you uh, Google... MMA judging criteria, it's one of the first things that comes up. Comes up. So you uh, look at for abcboxing.com and it says MMA judging criteria slash scoring approved August 2nd, 2016. That's the one you need. There's a few other ones, maybe a few older ones, few people, uh, criteria from different places, you know, uh, Texas or California or somewhere. Now, a lot of them are very similar, but this is the one. This is the specific one. This is the one you need open in front of you looking at it for this show and when you're looking and talking about judging fights. So that's the first thing you should do. That's a thing I would advise you to read. I have a video up on Severe May, but I, I have a lot of it here as well, talking, going through that whole criteria. And, you know, it takes 20 minutes. It took 25 minutes for me to go through it piece by piece and explain it piece by piece probably take about two or three minutes to actually read it and have a, a very quick base knowledge of the criteria. But I just want to talk about the first line, and it's actually not even the first line, it's it's half a line to start with here. And, quote, to evolve mixed martial arts judging criteria, the focus on the result of action versus the action itself. Okay, now, let, let's take that piece by piece. To focus on the result of the action versus the action itself. And that's the first line. That's a mission statement from the ABC MMA Rules Committee. Uh, Rules Committee, sorry. The result of the action versus the action itself. Now, we, we can get into the criteria. And the next line is, it, it must be looked at in a specific order, which is something we will get to the, to the in the 10-10s uh, in a second. Um, so... If you look at the, the result of the action versus the action itself, a lot of that has to do with, I, I would think, grappling. 
Uh, and I would think takedowns. And I would think top control, right? So, and, and it says this going down through the, the, the criteria as well. That very, that one sentence alone, if you were to break that down, if you were to discuss it with someone, if you were to ask them what you think that means, and there's, I can give you another couple of sentences in a second, which actually kind of takes away our speculation about what it means. But if you were to ask, if you were to ask yourself, what does that mean? The result of the action versus the action itself. Well, when I look at that, I think, right, so if I gain an advantageous position, it's not my gaining of the advantageous position that uh, is the main focus that scores me points. It's what I do in that advantageous position, right? Uh, and I would take that just from that. And if you read further, and we will in a second, that is what it is. So you look at a fight like Storley versus MVP, and uh, Storley got himself advantageous positions multiple times throughout the fight five times right let's let's take uh, the example of the fifth round he got himself that advantageous position on the ground after uh, mvp threw the, the flying knee did a great job took the fight to the ground and what did he do there the action itself when he got the fight to the ground was strike 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 ground upon ground upon ground upon now not loads but enough he got it there, and the actions when he got the fight to the ground were enough to win him the round because he landed lots of shots. In rounds one, two, three, four, and 5, there was the action to take him to the ground, but what resulted there? Was it, was it, are there any big high amplitude checkdowns? I think one of them, maybe, a little bit. Um, was there any big strikes? Was there any uh, big, you know, effective grappling or anything like that? Not for me. So... That's just to, to kind of get it there. And we'll, we'll talk more, obviously, about that fight. But that's just the specific. That's the first line. That's the first line of the criteria. The result of the action versus the action itself. So I want to talk a little bit more about effective grappling here, right? And let's read from the criteria again. If we go down to the effective striking uh, slash grappling portion of it, we'll, uh, we'll ignore the first line for a second because that's mostly, uh, mostly striking. The second part. So, starting with the word successful. Successful executions of takedowns, submission attempts, reversals, and the achievement of advantageous positions that produce immediate or cumulative impact with the potential to contribute to the end of the match with the immediate weighing more heavily than the accumulative impact. Uh, it shall be noted that a successful takedown is not a merely a changing of position, but the establishment of an uh, of an attack from the use of the takedown. Top and bottom fighters are assessed more on the impact slash effective result of their actions more so than their position. Right. Let's read that last line again. Uh, fighters are assessed more on the impact slash effective result of their actions and result of their actions is in bold more so than their position. Right. So it's the result of their actions more so than their position. If you're in a position where you're doing nothing and your opponent is in a, a, least, a less advantageous position and they're doing something, that opponent is winning. It's not about, it says it here in the criteria, it's not about the position you're in, it's about the actions in that position. Right. And, you know, we talk about takedowns and, and this line about the takedowns not merely changing position. I think they put that in there a little bit to kind of kowtow to, to the wrestling community and everything like that. It is just a fucking change in the position. Now, if it's a big slam or a big suplex or something like that, absolutely, it has an impact. That's not just the changing of position. It, it is only a changing of position until the, the attack starts. And I like the line that they put 
uh, the establishment of an attack from the use of that takedown, which is fair. And you need to read that line in totality. Now, I did it there, I read half of it, and I said it's it's wrong. But when you read it in totality, the establishment of the attack, that makes sense. But that's one of those things that you have to, someone will, will screenshot it, hover over the first half of the line and go, oh, look, takedown of him is not just a changing of position, but you have to put the second part with it. It's the establishment of the attack from the takedown. What if the attack isn't started? What if the attack never comes? What's the point of establishing an attack if the attack never arises like if you go into a cage and just do nothing is that like oh well i've uh, i established a wheel kick there <laughs> you know i established a knockout no you did you did nothing you did nothing because you didn't draw anything the takedown is the the start of it but if nothing comes then nothing should be scored right um and it's you know we can talk about the accumulative over the uh over the uh, the, the immediate or the immediate over the accumulative even but that to me is is the biggest part of this uh you know this whole debate and we'll talk more about it in the 1010s in a second but um we got into a little bit as well in the MVP versus Storley fight where people were talking about um the effective effect, uh, aggressiveness or the cage control maybe weighing more highly because uh MVP didn't do much and Storley had like 4 minutes on top, right? Let's not not take my opinion on it, right? Let's go to the criteria. When they talk about effective aggressiveness, sorry, effective striking, effective grappling, not effective aggressiveness. When they talk about effective striking, effective grappling, here is the line from the criteria. This criterion uh, will be the deciding factor in a high majority of decisions when scoring a fight. The next cri- two criteria must be treated as a backup, must be treated as a backup, and only in capital letters, when striking, uh, effective striking and grappling is 100% equal for the round, right? Only use when it's 100% equal. So if you land a slightly more effective shot than your opponent, effective aggressiveness and octagon tr- control do not count. It says it here in the criteria. I'm reading it here up on the screen right in front of me. 100% equal. If you land a punch, right? And I land a punch back on you and it's the exact same. And then you land a punch back on me. One more punch. You win the round. Because we both are, the first punch was both the same. And then you landed another one. You're ahead. It's not 100% equal. And when it's 100%, I'm, it says 100%. You, uh, like commissions and judges or whatever they want. If they want to talk about, you know, well, you have to. You know, I'm reading what's in the criteria. I'm reading here exactly what it says, and this is exactly how it should be judged. If you don't want it like this, take out the 100%. Take it out. Because if you want to go to aggressive, uh, effective aggressiveness, if you want to go to octagon control, just take that out. Take it out and let's start again. Let's re- re- rewrite the rules. But having said that, that to me is how judges have been judging over the last while right that's how they have been now this fight is a little bit different i think and I, I i'll explain why i think it's a little bit different in a second but judges have been judging this way and if you're looking at it at home and you're you watch the story mvp fight maybe you think that's not the case but it has been the case for 99.999 percent not not 100 not 100 almost all of them especially with the top judges and the judges in that fight are very very good judges as well all three of them I disagree with him in this fight. Two of them, anyway. David Leatherby got it, uh, got it uh, in my opinion, right? Not say the other guys got it wrong or anything, but I disagree with him in this. Um, but they would usually score a fight like this as well. 
And that's how fights should be scored. And if we want to have like an overarching discussion on judging, should that be... A lot of people say, all right, it's in the criteria, but is that how the criteria should be, right? And that's an overarching discussion. That's a discussion uh, I could have for an hour, two hours, three hours with someone here on the podcast. And you know what? Maybe we will. Maybe maybe we'll do it. Um, Is that something that should happen? I think yes. I think yes. Do you want to score the fight based on the person who is landing the better stuff, the more hurtful stuff, the stuff that gets you towards the end of the fight quicker, right? Should that person win or should it be the person who wins the tactical matchup throughout the fight or wins the position matchup or decides the area where the fight is fought in? Absolutely not, I think. Like, if you care about the sport being the sport that we have grown up loving and the the, the sport, if you're looking for this future, the sport, how you want the sport to look over the next 10, 50, 100 years, if you're looking at the sport like that, I think you should want the sport to be as exciting as it is right now and even more exciting going forward. Now, I, I, I said a thing on a podcast there recently. I think I said MMA has become less exciting. And a few people in the comment section got on to me and they're like, what are you talking about and everything? And my reason for saying that is a lot of, a lot of to, uh, is to do with the facts. There's a lot more decisions happening, especially in the UFC, especially at the top level. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It doesn't mean those fights are boring or anything like that. But we should lead our criteria to, to uh, give the decisions to the person who's trying to finish the fight. So even if the fight goes to a decision, the criteria of which they're fighting under should um, give them the advantage because they're trying to finish the fight. Therefore, making fights more exciting, rounds more exciting, decision wins more exciting, right? That's why I think the criteria should be written the way, and it is written very well in terms of... uh, uh, you know the the excitement of the fight, or the uh, you know the, the it says about the first line. It says about action. It, we the criteria calls for action fight. It calls for the judges not to be used. It calls for the fighter to go and try to finish the fight, and that's the way MMA should be. And I fully believe that. I fully believe that. You can talk about if it's specific, specific, specific enough. We can talk about that till the cows come home. And maybe we can talk about that in another time as well. But give me that one line. You can forget about your specificity. I can't speak today. I, what's wrong with me? I can't say it. I can't say it. I'm just going to I'm just gonna give up on it. Uh, you can talk about that. But let's talk about what the criteria is getting us in the end. And if, it, and if the people know about it, what it should get us. To get people to know about it is, is a very, very tough part. But that's what it should get us in the end. Now... To snap back quickly to the um, to the, to the Storley and MVP fight, and maybe the reason why the judges uh, gave the fight to Storley over MVP. I've talked to a couple of different people about it now, and uh, I've actually looked at the, a bit at the old criteria uh, and why I think this is kind of um, kind of I don't know. I don't know why it's compared to this fight, but when Big John said it, right, on the, on the broadcast, and I asked a couple of judges about it, and what he said was, on the broadcast, um, the majority, so in a specific round, which are, and he did it a couple of times, I think, so in a specific round, he said, after 
the round was over and when the uh, Morrow, whoever it was, Morrow, the other lad, asked him who won that round. Well, he said, look, three minutes and 17 seconds or no, no, four minutes of this round took place in the grappling. So we have to score the fight more heavily towards grappling because the majority of the round took place in the grappling realm. Right? Um, and that, I'm looking here down through the criteria. Uh, let me, let me, you know, maybe I, maybe I missed it. Maybe I missed it. I don't see that anywhere in this criteria. Now, I had a look at the old criteria, and you know what? It does say in the old criteria, that is the thing in the old criteria. You saw, if you ever see judges, uh, they wrote down the time. They had little notebooks, and they wrote down the time, and then they wrote down, you know, when the takedown happened, and they wrote down the time when the takedown ended, and if it was 2 minutes 31 seconds, that would score higher than the 2 minutes 29 seconds on the feet. And now, may, maybe not that specific, but you get what I mean. That's no longer in the criteria, and in my opinion, rightly so, and shouldn't be. But, and, and I'm not saying the judges scored it that way, but Big John on the, uh, on the broadcast who is, you know, one of the most famous official of all time, and I have great respect for him. I'm not calling out Big John or anything by absolute no means. I was actually talking to him in Dublin last time, and he was very complimentary of me, and I had a great chat with him. I, I think he's I think he's very good for the sport, and I love how he came out as well about the Aljamain Sterling, Peter Yan first round on MMA Junkie, and said, you know, I made a mistake. It was a very close round. Either guy could have won it. I, I respect no one could respect him more. But I, I think he made a mistake there, honestly. I think he made a mistake in saying that because the majority of the fight was taking place on the ground, that should be scored more heavily. That's not in the criteria. What's in the criteria is that effective striking and grappling should be scored more heavily. Was there any effective grappling in that fight? Any effective grappling in that fight? No. I, I, I talked about this and I talked about effective grappling, right? Um, and I read out the line earlier on. So, the execution of takedowns, we talked about that. Then it says, uh, in the criteria here, submission attempts, reversals, the achievement of adjan- advantageous positions that produce Im- that produce immediate or cumulative impact with uh, potential to contribute towards the end of the fight with the immediate, obviously, scoring more heavily. So, in that, it is submission attempts, reversals, advantageous positions that produce an impact, right? Whether it's accumulative or immediate. And it says the words, it's all in bold here, but it, it, in bold should be that produce, produce, just the word produce, that produce the impact, produce impact. So all of those things, the takedowns, the submission attempts, the reversals, they need to produce impact. Now, the impact could be, an impact and damage are, are different words. You know, we use the word damage. Impact can be impact, making your opponent defend because you're attacking so much and you're getting something in, you're pushing them back. And it shows that it's impacting the fight. It's, you know, it's forcing them to fight. And it says further down in the in the criteria as well. We'll get to it in a, in a second. But uh, it talks about the fighting spirit. You know, it takes away the spirit, it takes away their cardio. You know, that might be more accumulative rather than immediate. But still, that scores. That's part of it. In the Logan Storley fight, there was none of that. There was the takedown. Okay, if you want to score your takedown a bit, if you want to say it's an establishment of attack, away with you. Congratulations, he scored for that. What did he score after that? Does him laying on MVP not touching him score? Does him laying on... Like, where is... Was it? Was there any... Okay, we go through them step by step. Was there any submission attempts with, that produced an impact from Logan Storley in the first four rounds? No, zero. Not even a question. Was there any reversals that produced an impact from Logan Storley? No, zero. Uh, did he uh, uh, achieve an advantageous position that produced impact? From the criteria, 
did he did he get that no to me no so that's why I think this was a bad decision and that's why I think that round those rounds were all scored wrongly well not all scored wrongly but scored wrongly if you gave them to Logan Storley and this is a great example of how not to score a fight in my opinion there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of examples of how to score a fight properly um Liz Carmouche uh, her fight the last in the second round I think it was this and this is the example I will give you this is a perfect example um, the her title fight uh, a couple of weeks ago against Juliana Velasquez I believe it's the second round I tweeted about it anyway you can look it up she had uh, 3 minutes 30 seconds or something like that top control 3 minutes and 30 seconds of top control in my opinion better top control than what Logan Storley had more uh, strikes not many big or anything like that she didn't do much with it very little no submission or anything like that very little right 3 minutes 30 seconds and she lost that round on all 3 judges cards and why did she do that because Juliana Velasquez had landed more shots and it wasn't massive Velasquez hadn't ran away with it or anything like that but she landed more strikes and won the round because of that and that is happening over and over and over and over again and that's how MMA should be scored it's mixed martial arts. It's fighting. It's not a sport of laying on someone. It's not like and it's and I'm I'm not anti wrestling or anything like that. Like Habib was one of the best wrestlers of all time, and he would pound people on the ground. You know, uh, there's there's some great wrestling out there that leads to something. But if it's wrestling that leads to nothing, like you look at someone say even like a, a Holly Holm, uh, and uh, you know I'm just recording this actually before that fight happened, so maybe she'll have knocked someone out by the time that. But she like runs around and she doesn't touch anyone. Lots of her fights. Like, that to me is not effective striking either. The same as just laying on someone is not effective grappling. So it's not just the grappling realm. Um, and I think that's how the sport is being uh, judged right now. And I think it's how it should be judged. So, went around in circles a little bit there. But let's talk about 10-10s. And uh, <laughs> we uh, we had the fight between Rosalem Yunus and Carla Esparza. And uh, there was a lot of talk about should there, those be 10-10s, right? So let's go to the start of the criteria and let's uh, read as well. And earlier on, I said uh, the criteria is to be used in a specific order. I read that, right? And I said I'd get back to it. Um, and it didn't, the next line says, these criteria m- uh, may not move from one to the next without the prior criteria being 100% even. Read that earlier on as well. Okay. So the we have three uh, pieces of the criteria. Uh, two backups. And one main one. We never use the backups. Never use the backups. Unless it's a very specific thing that we very rarely see. This is... So, I'll read this first and I'll give an example from another sport. And hopefully people understand it. So, uh, it says here in the criteria, effective striking slash grappling shall be considered the first priority of round assessments. Effective aggressiveness is a plan B and should not be considered unless the judge has not seen any advantage in effective striking grappling realm. Any. Now, that doesn't say a big one or anything like that. It says any advantage. Next part is cage control. Uh, plan C should only be needed when all other criteria is 100% even for board competitors. This will be an extremely rare occurrence. Right, so they're a backup. Here's the example I'll give you. Um, the Premier League is going on at the moment, right? And don't please don't fall away if you're an American or anything like that and you're like, I don't watch soccer, right? So... Soccer is a very easy sport. You win the game, you get three points, you draw, you get one at the end of the season... Liverpool has this amount of points. Man City is this amount of points, right? Pretty simple. So, if the season ends, right, and Liverpool have 90 points, and Man City have 89 points, Liverpool win the league. Simple. They have one more point to them, they win the league. That's part A of the criteria, right? You have one more punch, 
you have one more bit of offense, you win that round. Same as that. A few more points, right? If they both have the exact same points, that's an extremely rare occurrence in the Premier League. You'd have to have 38 points, sorry, 38 games. You'd have to have the same amount, you know, of, of points, obviously wins and draws and everything like that. You'd have to, both of them would have to finish the exact same way. Now, an MMA round finishing that even is more rare than the Premier League finishing that even. And has it ever, I think it's happened once. I think it's happened once, ever. And I, I would say it's more rare than that because this can only happen like 22 times or whatever, right? But if that does happen, then we go to goal difference. So the amount of goals scored versus conceded. So if the goal difference in Man City was 100 and the goal difference in Liverpool was 90 and they both finished at 90 points, then the you know uh, Man City with the 100 goal difference would win it. That would be you know, the effective, uh, well, let's say the effective aggression, right? So who was more aggressive? Who scored the more goals? Won it, right? And then the plan C would be if Man City, Liverpool finished with 90 points, Man City, goal difference 90, Liverpool's goal difference 90, then it would go to uh, goals scored, you know? And if they had scored 120 goals, Man City, and Liverpool had scored only 100, then Man City would win because they had scored more goals, right? Imagine how even things would have to be. Imagine how many steps you have to take for that to happen. So you've 38 games, you've you've 90 minutes, 45 minutes a half, 45 minutes the next half, full game, 37 games, draws, wins, losses, add all them up, then that has to be even. Then we have to add all the goals scored, all the goals conceded, that has to be even. And then we go to the goals scored themselves. Right? Imagine how specific that would have to get for you to win that. That is the same as this criteria. These are backups, right? So if you have 90 points versus 89 points, the 90 points wins, and that's it. You don't look at goals scored. You don't look at goal difference. You don't look at goals conceded. You look at nothing else. You don't even think about it. It makes no difference. No difference. So if you're saying someone won via cage control, you're saying that they didn't have the same amount of points all season through the 38 games in the Premier League, right? That's what you're saying. And if you're saying that, you're just, you're just wrong. It says it's an extremely rare occurrence in the criteria. Okay? An extremely rare occurrence. So let's go down to the 10-10s. Ten um, and let's read it from the criteria. I'll read the whole thing. It's only a paragraph and a bit. A 10-10 round in MMA is when both fighters have competed for whatever duration of time in the round and there is no difference or advantage between either fighter. Now, interesting to say whatever uh, duration in the round because that's a lot to do with no contests. If the fight goes four seconds into the round, someone gets kicked in the balls, the fight's over, no contest, that round is probably a 10-10. And that's why we have 10-10s. That's the crux of why a 10-10 is there. Shouldn't even be in the criteria, probably, apart from that. Okay, I'll read on. A 10-10 round in MMA should be extremely rare and not a score to be used as an excuse by a judge that cannot assess the difference in a round. Esparza versus Namiunas is a perfect example. If a judge scored a 10-10 in that day would only be using as an excuse to not judge and judging judge being a verb there to not judge who had the more effective whether it's striking grappling and if you want to go to the the secondary ones aggression if you want to go to the tertiary one control if it have to be all like and the 10-10 round i I spoke about the the points the goal difference the goals after that Is a 10-10. After all of that madness is a 10-10. That's where you have to get to to get a 10-10. So if a judge is getting there, everything else in the world has to be, you know, has to be even. It's madness. A 10-10 round, I'm reading again, uh, in MMA is a necessity uh, uh, to have for a judge's possible score, mainly due to scoring incomplete rounds. As I said, 
And it's possible to have around where both fighters engage for five minutes, and at the end of the five-minute uh, time period, the output, impact, effectiveness, and overall uh, competition between the two fighters is exactly the same. It is possible, but highly unlikely. If there is any discernible difference, any discernible difference between the two fighters during the round, the ju- judge shall not give a 10-10. Again, this score will be extremely rare. Right, so if there isn't one punch landed in the whole round, we then go to effective aggressiveness. And one punch and one takedown you know the establishment of your takedown let's score that if there's no punches if there's no uh, uh submission attempts or anything like that. no submission attempts no takedowns no punches we go to effective aggressiveness we go to who is the person that's kind of pushing forward a bit who's the person that's pushing them back there you know who's the person that's trying to land punches you know if you throw 10 punches not one of them land you're being more aggressive than the person who's running away from you right and then let's say they're both not being very aggressive. We're talking about then who's controlling the octagon, who's pushing the person back, who's the one with their back against the cage, who's holding the cinder. Then you win because of that. But that's going, that never happens. That never happens. Even, and when I say it never happens, even in the worst fight of all time between Asparza and Namunas, where they did nothing, and I mean nothing, for 25 minutes, I don't, first of all, I don't think there was a 10-10. I don't think cage control came to it. And I don't think effective aggressiveness came into it either. Right? So we have the, the, a fight with nothing happening. And I still think, and by the judging criteria, the effective uh, aggressiveness and the uh, effective uh, cage control still didn't come into it because there were strikes landed. Right? And almost none. I counted three strikes being landed in the first round. And I scored the fight for, based on those three strikes because the judging criteria says that. The judging criteria says that, right? Effective striking grappling shall be considered the first priority of round assessments. We had some effective striking. We had some effective grappling. No effective grappling. We had some effective striking. That is the first priority. So let's prioritize that. Let's score that. Is there a discernible difference in that? Yes? Perfect. Finished. We don't need to talk about any more judging. We don't need to talk about aggressiveness. We don't need to talk about cage control. And that's it. What I just said there, I might might clip that out. Let's clip that out, lads, and put it up. Because that's exactly what it is. If there's... Esparza lands a punch, Rose lands a punch, they're both the exact same punches, then Rose lands another punch, and the round ends, Rose wins that. Because we have considered effective striking sash grappling... That is a priority. We've looked at it. We've assessed it. We see Rose Amuntis is ahead one. What does our rule book tell us? It tells us if it isn't 100% even, we don't go forward to the next set of criterion. We don't go forward to the effective aggressiveness. We didn't. We don't go forward to the octagon control. And we scored around. We put down 10-9. Now, we can have arguments about the 10-9. That's a 10-9 and someone getting the head bit off him for five minutes is 10-9 as well. That's another argument for another day. The judge is there to judge verb, to pick out a winner of the round. And via this criteria, if someone has landed a slight bit more in that round, you give it to that person. You do not use a 10-10 as an excuse. You do not go to the aggressiveness as an excuse. You do not go to the cage control as an excuse. You, I'll read it again. The first priority of round assessments, effective striking, and effective grappling. And that's why there was no 10-10s in Asparza versus Nam Yunus. And it was correctly so. Uh, 
all right everyone i will leave it there that's enough judging preaching out of me for uh, for one day i hope you enjoyed it please let me know please let me know if you think this was educational uh and uh if uh, if you think uh, if you agree with it if you, you what i said today right what i said today and i say if you agree with it you have to agree with it i was reading it out of it this is not my opinion this is not my opinion. We can have an opinion, and maybe I'll do it sometime, about what should be changed, what should be different. But what I spoke about today for the vast majority of this is factual, written evidence in the criteria and uh, taking as much opinion out of it as possible. So, uh, yeah, I will leave it there. Thanks, everyone, for watching and listening. Please hit the subscribe button, thumbs up, and all of that. My name is Sean Sheehan for Shardog.com, and I will see you all next time.